Welcome to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Now, the name of our program might be a bit unconventional, but for that better, so is our approach. We'll discuss traditional and alternative practices and therapies designed to improve and maintain the health of your best friends, your pets. With the ideas discussed on the show today, your pets could live longer and healthier lives. Now, here is Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Hello, everyone. We're, this is Dr. Jim Carlson and Kristen Carlson. We're doing our live show today. Uh, we're going to be talking about a, re- a lot of really good topics, and uh, we're going to get started here. So the first thing that um, was interesting during this time of year is bees. And is what? Bees. Bees, okay. And beekeeping. It's, and a lot of, there's quite a few people that keep bees, uh, for the reason of getting local honey and, and the, what's the big buzz, if you will, about local honey? Well, this is the facts on that is, is that bees convert that pollen into a very cool thing uh, by the process of taking the pollen, adding enzymes, and then secreting a liquid into the honeycomb. And that's the honey. But the cool thing about it is that it's an antidote for a lot of local seasonal allergens, especially when there's a lot of pollen in the air. So if the weatherman's talking about uh, high pollen counts, that's the best time to take local honey. And for pets, we use a lot of local honey. And the reason we use that is it can be a good adjunct for this time of year when the dogs are scratching and itching. And itching is um, one of the common things that we see with allergic reactions uh, to environmental allergens and and, uh, the the body's creating antigens that cause this histamine release to cause itching and rash, uh, sometimes hair loss, uh, can even lead to gastrointestinal problems as well. And so um, using local honey as your adjunct with your veterinarian can be a very, very good way of controlling that histamine release and that histamine response. Um, you can check anywhere uh, locally, uh, especially health food stores, uh, which would have uh, beekeeper honey um, some would say, well, could I just use regular honey? And it, you can, it's all made from bees, but at the same time, using local honey, we're taking advantage of what these bees are producing locally versus somewhere else in the United States. Okay, so how does that exactly work? So you've got, uh, also wanted to welcome uh, those that are watching, Jody, Jamie, Melinda. Um, thank you guys for joining us today. Thank you. Um, so... Everybody's into bees now, okay? Mm. Remember when people would just be like, get them out of here, I'm scared of them and stuff. But now we've all come to realize how incredibly important bees are to our environment. We're actually going to start selling those insect houses, if you've seen those. They're really, really cool. Um, The insect houses uh, are, you know, are just another place for bees to live. And um, what are they actually doing for the environment to just start off? It's extremely important. So they have to do a a process called pollination and plants. So take an apple tree without bees to pollinate. uh, There can be no apples without bees to pollinate. um, There can be no, you know, other plants corn or or alfalfa or trees. So Um, the world's basically going to stop if we don't have any bees. That's That's right. That's why we have to take care of the bee population. It's so important. They, we don't realize such a little insect how much of an impact economically bees have because uh, without pollination, you can't have fruits, you can't have vegetables, you can't, you can't have, uh, you know, trees to help, uh, you know, clean up the air. Mm -hmm. Uh, So extremely important. Yeah. So as far as bees are concerned, backyard beekeeping is becoming a big thing. It's a big thing around here in uh, Northern Illinois. We actually have a very nice client, uh, a nice friend who does beekeeping. He makes uh, like the bee, um, I don't even know really what they're called. They're bee houses essentially. And he donates the shavings for those to our horse rescue, which is Proud Ponies Equine Rescue. You can find that on Facebook. He's a real sweet guy, and he has dozens and dozens and dozens of bees. And we, you know, kind of thought about it. You've been prescribing local honey for a really, really long time. So why not carry it in our new Pet Solutions Center here at the Healthy Pet Lifestyle Center? 
So it's interesting, like all the things that are out there uh, as far as bees are concerned and all the cures and all the tonics and everything like that that can be developed out of something so simple that you just don't think of it. Um, You know, you kind of didn't really think of it maybe even 30 years ago. Right. And now we're all realizing, hey, this was very valuable. It's been brought, you know, because years, many years ago, you know, people went before medicine, before penicillin and things like that, they had to look at different remedies. And, um, you know, from Western herbs to Eastern medicine to, uh, to uh, Ayurvedic, which is Indian medicine, uh, and even Native American medicine, it was all important because it was a foundation uh, to find different remedies and cures uh, for disease especially, uh, you know, trying to cure, um, you know, say TB with vaccination, for example, and things like that. Um, it's the, the foundation for that medicine is really important because it's helping the body to heal itself. Now there's medicine to stop the disease and stop pain and to, to help put those symptoms uh, aside. But at the same time, if the body's not responding, if it's not helping to cure itself, uh, then the symptoms will return or even something worse. And so uh, honey was a great way uh, to help with that. And we all remember uh, grandma's remedy, you know, a little a teaspoon of honey and lemon uh, was great for the throat uh, to help a scratchy throat. Uh, but honey is actually a really, really good topical therapy too for mm-hmm. wounds. Actually, we carry that. It's a, uh... Okay, so there's different forms of honey, which I know. (laughs) How many different forms of everything can there be? But there are different forms of honey. One of them is raw manuka honey. And that comes from New Zealand, right? New Zealand and and Australia. Okay, Uh so there's a medicinal honey, and there are different variations of the medicinal honey. And then there's like honey that's the kind you eat. And you can eat manuka honey, but you don't, you trust me, once you smell the medicinal manuka honey, <laughs> you definitely won't want to eat that. It's very antiseptic smelling. Yeah, it's very strong. Yeah, we carry um, we, we carry a few things, and you're actually using the manuka honey after surgery. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little about why you chose to do that. It's very good to, to put on topically because it can stimulate um, the, what they call fibrinogen, a little shelf as far as healing. Mm-hmm. And you get a, a fibrin shelf there where the skin can heal very, very quickly in wounds. Uh, also surgical incisions, um, it stimulates that healing response. So you get good granulation tissue forming, uh, to allow that, um, area to heal. Manuka honey bandages are another thing that you could do. And this is actually something you could do at home if you make sure you have the right manuka honey. So if you're just putting some sticky that you put in your coffee on, it's not going to work, but the raw manuka honey that you, um, you get, with the medicinal factors, I think they're like 15 or 30. It'll say a number on Mm. there. You want a higher number. And that's the one that's the really antiseptic smelling stuff. You know, it smells like that old salve that my mom used to use on everything and everybody. I actually bought a container of it. Um, And it's just kind of like, smells like that old fashioned smell, like that um, carbamol salve or something like that. You know, one of those kind of really old cures. But it works. I mean, it's effective. So we were using a product called Colisate after our surgeries. We've always done it. It's a great product. Um, Can't say enough about that, right? But then the Manuka honey um, gives us an opportunity to use something that's natural and holistic, and it has benefits. So why not, you know, just go for that. Um, so like if your pet has hot spots right now, since we're kind of on the allergy conversation here, if your pet has hot spots right now, a Manuka honey bandage is something um, they are now selling. Um, I don't know if your veterinarian will carry it, but we're doing them here. Um, and we also sell the little tubes of Manuka honey, which is the sterile stuff that you would want to use for things like surgery, right? things like that. So I don't know. Manuka honey has um, kind of like opened a door into a lot of different ways for us in a holistic practice. Right. Because the thing so cool about that is, is the bees actually are converting the tea tree plant into honey. And so that's why it has such a strong smell. The, the more concentrated 
the honey is with tea tree uh, and the less moisture that's in there, the more medicinal it is. So that's why it has such a strong smell. We've all been around tea tree shampoo, for example, and, and, and different ointments, but um, you know, converting that tea tree plant into honey is amazing. It's done, uh, done wonders for wounds and, and actually, um, you know, taken a little bit internally can be very good for the GI tract. It has a great probiotic. Uh, it's, um, you know, it, it's, it's good for digest aid as well. So mm-hmm. it has, you know, a lot of different uses that, and it tastes good too. So most pets uh, don't seem to mind uh, the sweeter flavor of, of medicines and things like that. Okay. So you're doing the Manuka, or not the Manuka honey, but you're doing the local honey. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... What kind of allergies are you going to solve with local honey? Well, the best thing, as I mentioned earlier, it, it, seasonally there's more different allergens in the air than others. So if we take springtime, for example, we have plants that are growing. We have uh, you know, flowers that are just starting to bloom. Uh, so it's going to be more um, just allergens in the air. It's not necessarily going to be pollen, but as we get into say June and July, a lot of tree pollen is going on. So apple trees and, and um, the, the cottonwood tree and uh, the birch tree and things like that. So a lot of those pollens, uh, the, the bees are using that um, it, in a way to make honey, but uh, the different seasonal type allergens are, are usually when we start to use that. So springtime, maybe you want to use horse nettle, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, which would be more medicinal for that type of, of allergy uh, where there's itching and scratching. And then uh, summertime when there's more tree pollen, you think about local honey and adding that to the regimen. Okay. There's also a new honey out, which has CBD in it. Apparently this stuff is potent because <laughs> the rep warned us. Like she's like, before she left, she's like, Oh, wait a minute. So this stuff is by Tropic CBD. I think they're changing their name because it interfered with something else, but anyway. Okay. So it comes in this little jar and you can only use like a quarter of a teaspoon and you can even stir it around in your coffee. If you're a human or your cat likes coffee or whatever. But anyway, when you're giving it to an animal, you want to dose it really low. Um, and apparently this stuff is fantastic. It's literally flown off the shelves here and we're having a new order come in today. <laughs> so I think the CBD honey might be a good way to go for anybody who's looking at uh, anything like that. So good calming medication and honey, you know, is coming in so many, you know, so many different things are being added to it because it's just pretty easy on the palate, pretty easy to deal with. Taste-wise, and animals will eat it. Yeah, they like that. They like the sweet flavor. Uh, it's something you can add into the food if they won't take it directly. Um, okay. And so, good stuff. All right. So, we have a question from Marsha. Okay. She wants to know, this is on our Dr. Jim Carlson Holistic Vet Advice Facebook page. Um, so, you can join us there, and we'll have our live videos there. So, Marsha wants to know uh, if we use Apoquel and Cytopoint. So talk a little about what they are in the first place. Well, Apoquil and Cytopoint are the latest drugs that have been used for allergies. And so if you have different irritants, there's certain um, areas or pathways that create that itch to scratch response. And they're called cytokines. And cytokines and uh, histamines are what cause the itch itself. It's stimulating the nerve response, sending it to the brain, saying, I'm itchy, go ahead and scratch this area. And so Apoquil and Cytopoint, Apoquil is an oral product that blocks that pathway, and Cytopoint is an injection that blocks that pathway. So they're, they're really doing similar things, just different way of administering that. And so when I use that, I often look at the patient that's coming in, and if, if they're miserable they need a quick knockdown. And so only synthetic medications can give you the really fast knockdown response. And so over short-term use, we can get the pet comfortable as we're starting to rebuild their system because uh, by the time they're in that really big flare, uh, they've been going through this problem for quite a while. So it takes a while for them uh, to build up their own immunity against it. And so they need a little relief. They need a crutch. It's sort of like if you break your leg, you have to have crutches for a while uh, to let that leg heal before you can go out on your own. Okay. So you do use Abiquil inside a point, but you're slow to use that. I'm slow to use it. If, if that 
if that grade of itching is just an occasional itch or I always go from a scale of one to 10 where 10 is severely itchy and one is barely scratching. Um, if there are five or less, we can usually start holistic therapy first. But if there are five to 10, we have to have a little support until we get them there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's not all apical. It's not all side of point if you get to that point. And sometimes I think it's, you know, it kind of depends on the personality of the owner. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I want an immediate resolution to this problem, you're going to go with a steroid or an apical or a side of point. Right. Or if you just kind of done everything you can do, that's when you end up with, in that direction. So there's, there's kind of two different things about this. This is where you were, you were, so this is a true story. <laughs> you were working with somebody's dog and she was not, this woman, you know, is not a believer in holistic medicine. So she went to a vet and, and in the holistic world, you know, we're pretty much known as terrible, evil people who are crazy and can't do anything right. So (laughs) some veterinarians are seeing the light, but a lot of them aren't. And so she went and found herself a vet who didn't believe in anything we did, said it was stupid. So this lady has gone all over Facebook, I mean, dozens of times and said the most heinous things about you, including that you're a snake oil salesman because she went in and put her dog right on Apoquel. It's like, well, anybody can do that. Okay. I mean, anybody can go put your dog on Apoquel. The art comes from learning how, you know, not to do that, not to rush into that result because you can do a lot of things to heal a dog before you get to that level. Right. And, and, and there be maybe exceptions to this rule, but what I found is that the average length of time that you get out of using a synthetic medication is about two or three years, and then it doesn't work anymore. And then there's nothing that works because you spent that two or three years uh, using something that's just blocking the response, uh, but it's not curing the patient. So over time, there's the body's going to override that because there's there, there's a lot of dis-ease going on. And so you, you don't want to rely on that to be a lifetime medication. <laughs> yeah, it's going to knock it down. Yes, you can use that. But if you're going to say that it cured it, it didn't cure it. You know, it's not a cure for, for allergies. The cure is using the body along with it to heal itself. The body has to cure itself. There's no drug in the world that's going to cure without the body True. working. Mm-hmm. So max, I mean, even if you did have to go to an Apoquil, you can still maximize the holistic parts to, you know, to kind of work on things and make that animal feel better. Yeah. There's very severe exceptions where you can't use. The you can Chinese train their body to get better, right? Absolutely. Even if they're on a standard medication. That's right. It's like medication. If you're doing behavior training and you want to use some meds uh, along with it, is that there are medications that you can use. Uh, where the body can, the animal can still be trained. And so you're just training the body to do the same thing. It it got into a pickle, if you will, because it didn't understand the particular allergen it it came across. And that's genetics has a big factor. It's called atopic dermatitis. And uh, that's genetic. You can't really, what are the symptoms of atopic dermatitis? Well, it mimics really uh, any other allergy symptom, but it's usually one that. um, Is it an autoimmune disease? It, it, in a way, yeah, it's a more of a lymphatic disease okay. in, in which the antigen continues to circulate in the lymphatic system and continually has seasonal year-round responses, even though the, the, the pet isn't even exposed to allergens. Uh, they scratch just as much in the wintertime as they do in the oh, summer. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's the one thing that I found interesting is our custom holistic testing program does um, test for anything in the lymph chains, you know, um, so if there's something wrong in your lymph glands or your pet's lymph glands, it goes through those and, and tests all of that. And what you'll see sometimes is this dog is itching, 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 itching. It's itching on the back. I don't know why. And it turns out all along, it was just something in the lymph glands that made it not work. Right. Because the lymph system, we, we don't think a lot about uh, in terms of, of our daily discussions, but I talk about it all the time because it, it's such an important aspect. 
the lymph system, the lymph fluid is where all the androgens circulate in the body. If they got in there, say through leaky gut syndrome or through the mucous membranes of the nasal passage, um, the lymph system has to handle that. It's going to circulate. The lymph nodes are going to process it, send out the inactivated form. But if it does, if it's synthetic, it doesn't know what to do with it. You can have uh, kind of pseudo forms of that antigen causing irritation as it's moving through the body. The skin is loaded with lymph fluid you mm-hmm. know, because you have the skin, you have the, the fascial layer and then muscle. And so that fascial layer looks like a wet spider web. And all that lymph fluid's moving along there, (laughs) sending out communication lines saying, okay, this is an antigen. Please do something about it. Mm -hmm. So it's a very complex network. Oh, I actually have a true story about this. It's about myself, which is a little weird, but not an animal because they can't talk, but I can. So my ear itched. Like one day I was in the grocery store, okay, and I'm driving the shopping cart. I got two little babies with me. And... I'm like, oh my gosh, there's something in my ear. It's a spider. Oh, I've got to get to the vet clinic right now and have Jim take a look at my ear. So, (laughs) I mean, it was a long time ago. So I go running over there. I'm like, okay, there's something in my ear. It's like, there's nothing in there. But I'm like, you're kidding me. So I keep going to doctors. I'm like, there's something in my ear. It's crazy. And then I, this went on for years. And I mean, it was, it itched so bad. You just felt like there had to be like a mosquito in there biting you the entire time drove me absolutely crazy and guess what it was my lymph glands weren't draining right I went and I had like some lymph gland work done went away completely it's amazing and no one could tell me that in western medicine at all because yeah, we don't in in western medicine we don't we don't deal with it that much we deal with the symptom but if we take a, a deeper look into the lymphatic system, it's, it's a whole network of disease. And if you, we just pay attention to that, it would be nice if we could uh, drain the lymph fluid and replace it once in a while, like you change the oil in the car, but we can't do that. Mm-hmm. You, like you said, you have to do lymph treatment. You have to do lymphatic massage. You have to use um, different products that help to drain the lymph system, uh, different foods and things like that. So, you know, to just kind of wrap it up on the Apoquil and the Cytopoint. Now, these medications are not without side effects. So it is possible that even if you're at your wit's end and you can't, you know, maybe you don't have a holistic vet around, I don't know, um, they do come with, with long-term potential side effects. Yeah, just like any other medication, there can be long-term implications to synthetic medication use. And uh, one is the liver because it has to process it. Uh, the second is the kidney. It has to take out secondary metabolites, uh, certainly the gastrointestinal tract because it, it has to absorb it. Okay, so um, uh, so if you're going to be on Apoquil, you should have at least once a year blood work to make sure that the pet is doing okay, if not twice a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So plenty of stuff as far as that is concerned. So I would say a lot of people come in and the first thing they want to know, well, the first thing is that Apoquel and Cytopoint can be really expensive. They're terribly expensive. Um, Very. It's probably one of the spendier drugs you're going to find. Probably anywhere from say 250 to $400 a month, depending on the size of your pet. Um, so it can be, you know, quite expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why, you know, as soon as we can get the body working on it, the more economical it's going to be for you. Yeah. So a combination, you know, I mean, sometimes you are at your wit's end. Sometimes you don't know what to do and that is just the way it's going to be. So Apoquel, Cytopoint, it has its place. Um, Especially but then, when they're scratching at night. You know, a lot of owners say, oh, I can't yeah. get any sleep because yeah. my pet's up scratching you know, and um, right. a lot of people, you know, a lot of vets will give Benadryl for something like that, but would like a calming supplement or something work better? Sometimes we use a product called uh, amitriptyline and amitriptyline can work as an antihistamine, but also as a calming agent. Um, hydroxazine is another uh, agent, especially an, an antihistamine has a little bit more calming effect. Uh, Benadryl doesn't calm us as, as much as, calms the pet as much as it does us. You know, I, uh, Kristen, for example, if you give her some Benadryl, she'll, 
it really knocks her out, you know. <laughs> Into the next day. Into and the I'm next cr- day. So crabby the next day. <laughs> I cannot take that yeah. stuff. <laughs> Where, uh, you know, pets, unfortunately, it, you don't have that effect. It doesn't seem to work as well on them because of they metabolize things much faster, so it doesn't have the same effect. Okay. All right. So, um when we come back, uh, we wanted to give you the phone number here, which is 866-472-5788. We're live on our Dr. Jim Carlson uh, holistic Facebook page. Uh, so it's, what is the name of it? I'm sorry, I forgot today. <laughs> Dr. Jim Carlson, holistic vet advice. Some people are putting their questions up there. So Marsha, I hope we got your question answered and you uh, were able to get, you know, the benefit of, of the Apoquel and the Cytopoint. So good things, bad things, you know, all of that. Um, we're going to talk, uh, actually, I just want to show this before we leave, this honey. Um, now you want the cloudy honey. This is cloudy and it has stuff in it. Yes, you know, the, the clear honey has been processed. This is more the, what they call raw honey. Oh, okay. Uh, so the raw form is going to be less clear. It's going to have more goodies in there. Okay. All right. Yeah, this one has a lot but, of them. Right. I don't know mm-hmm. if you can see it, but probably. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff floating Versus in there. Versus pasteurized. Um, and one quick thing to note with, with honey is that you, you want to be careful in kids under five years old because, uh, especially raw honey, because it hasn't been pasteurized. Okay. There's a good possibility of, uh, of, of with salmonella and things like that. So just a quick note on using honey in very young children. All right. Snake oil salesman. I will <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, be worried about that. And maybe if you have kids in your house and your dog is having that, I suppose you should be maybe a little concerned or what? Is it like the raw diet dog food diet that's like raw diets uh, okay it's so like just raw milk anything. maybe not it's a little more active just just be careful okay all right when we come back we're going to talk about the benefits of tripe this super gross to me uh, but hey dogs are insane over it it actually has a lot of really really good benefits so we're also going to talk about some of the calming treats and our bark deterrents humane so bark collars citronella collars that kind of thing is that a humane thing to be using with your pet Uh, let us know if you have questions again and uh, we'll be back in just a couple of minutes Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania, and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. 
VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to holisticvetadvice at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Hi, everybody. I'm Kristen Carlson from Riverside Animal Clinic in McHenry, Illinois, a Riverside Animal Clinic and Holistic Center. We're now located at the Healthy Pet Lifestyle Campus. So our campus incorporates um, our holistic center, uh, a holistic-oriented pet store. Uh, so it's like a solutions center if you're looking to get some help uh, with your pet's problems. And then also we were putting in an indoor dog park, which we're almost done with, and we're putting in uh, a daycare. Hopefully Hopefully by the end of the year, we'll get some swimming going here because nothing's greater than having some exercise. So they'll swim in gym. This is uh, our kitten, Chucky. He is um, a little Persian purebred kitten. I think he's about four or five months old now. Yeah, getting up there. Yeah, he's so sweet. We love him so much. And he's finally awakened yeah. a bit. Yeah. He's mostly sleeps during the day and then bites at night. Yeah, <laughs> Chucky's a biter. Don't get on the, don't get on the computer keyboard. He wakes me up early. About yeah. five in the morning starts biting my oh, finger. Oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah. Um, so today, you know, we've talked a little bit about the use of honey, the use of nettle, and the use of um, a couple of pretty common veterinary drugs called Apoquel and Cytopoint as well. So also... Um, we have a few things, uh, a few places where you can get in touch with us. One is our Dr. Jim Carlson Holistic Vet Advice uh, page. That's on Facebook and our Riverside Animal Clinic page on Facebook as well. So we do have a couple more questions. One is from Laura. She says, um, so her dog is super picky. And what is the best way to get the dog to eat its kibble and the glucosamine, glucosamine and says that Betsy also will not eat her heart guard. So those things combined are, Betsy's having some problems with, with all of those things. Turkey was biting my little. Don't bite the microphone cord. <laughs> all right. So well, very common problem. Uh, when, when dogs are fussy, it's usually that they're, they're fighting the processing. Uh, and most dog foods are processed into a kibble form. Uh, in which they're cooked and cooked down into a form that and added ingredients in there to, to help the pets eat it and digest it. But there are some dogs that don't like that process. They're more into a natural digestive process. So um, should she go with a raw diet then? Well, it, in some cases going with raw or, or dehydrated raw can be more helpful uh, or top dressing. Now top dressing can be a challenge because if you put the, the meat on top of so you put a little bit of okay. of uh, boiled beef or something on top of the dog food. They may just eat that and then leave the rest. <laughs> so the remedy for that is... I think can, Betsy would probably do that. I have a feeling. <laughs> yeah, they, they love it. They say, wow, that's... I'll just eat the top. It's like eating the frosting off the cake first, right? Well, meal so. toppers are a big multi-million dollar product, actually, in the vet industry and uh, the pet food industry because so many dogs are having trouble or just getting bored with their food. Um, this isn't, you know, provided as a meal topper, but this is under the weather. Um, I just happen to have it sitting on my desk because we were going to talk a little bit about popsicles later on for your dogs because it's summer and it's hot. Um, but under the weather, if you, it's like a reconstituted you hear it, mashed potatoes, you know, how those come. Mm -hmm. And you just have to reconstitute this. It comes in many, many different flavors. There's a beef, there's a bone broth version. This is rice and salmon. Um, there's chicken and pumpkin and rice. Uh, so it's really considered to be like a bland diet that would work for you and make it easy for you to feed your pets. It does have electrolytes in it as well. Mm -hmm. So nice product made in the USA. That's a possibility for a meal topper. So are some of the dehydrated products as well. So this is the tripe that we were going to talk about this hour. Um, let me see if I can put it in there a little bit. So you can see that it comes in a pretty long stringy piece and you can just rehydrate that and maybe cut it up and put it on or mix it in with the food. Mm -hmm. um, do you feel like putting a broth, you know, that I know you could put some ground beef or something on top, but mixing it in, would that help or soaking it with broth? 
do you think that some dogs just don't like the texture of a dry food and they want something wet? That's right. You can, you can kind of do it yourself repackaging at home in which um, one of the remedies for, uh, for Bella could be to take the like boiled beef, put it in a bag, put the kibble in a bag too, and allow that beef to mix in with the dog food. So the dog food smells like beef, tastes like beef, and then you've got the benefit of having the topper there as well. Um, you can also break down the food just a little bit. You know, put the, the dry dog food in a bag and crush it up with a, 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 a basically a dull roller, a uh, bread roller, or you can use a hammer to lightly pound it down. Add the beef or the beef broth or, or chicken uh, and get that soaking together. Uh, if you want to get creative and just put it all into a, a processor, um, you can remake the food into little little biscuits uh, and serve it that way. And there's there's a lot of ways you can get creative for those picky eaters. Oh, you know, they have those molds. They're like those silicone molds. And you can make like bars out of them mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I was right. just noticing those yesterday on somebody's Pampered Chef thing. That's and right. um, yeah, so I think that one... Um, that could be, uh, you know, something you could you could try. I don't know. Some dogs you just have to get creative with. They just don't necessarily want to want to go for all of that. So right. and we also have to think about the time of the year as well. Is that a lot of dogs go to once a day feeding because of the heat? We don't realize how hot digesting food is, um, especially you know the warmer the food. So if you were to take a lamb diet right now. Uh, would be equivalent to eating uh, a very hot Mexican food. You know how oh, that really? makes you sweat and how yeah. it makes you feel uh-huh. warm Super inside. Super spicy. It, uh, it creates that effect. So you want to use cooling foods. So turkey, duck, rabbit, fish. These are, are cooling foods that help to cool oh. the body. Um, so maybe Betsy's just trying to tell Laura that she's hot. Yeah. I'm too okay. hot to eat. I only can eat during a certain period of time and I can only eat certain foods during <laughs> okay. this period of time. All right. Yeah. Well, I have a feeling Betsy's going to get her way. Yeah. She is very cute. <laughs> yeah, she has a cute I actually know Betsy. So thanks, Laura, for your question. And I hope we gave you some ideas on how to answer that. And uh, obviously, if you're around Chicago, you can come into our Pet Solutions Center. Or you can just call up here and uh, message the page and we can make some suggestions for you as well uh, that'll help you with your pet. So we want to talk about this tripe. Okay, so tripe is, you know, sometimes it's used in some human foods and recipes. There are a lot of tripe, different tripe type recipes out there on the internet. Uh, This is a rehydrated tripe. I'm going to have to, uh, the dogs are going to hate me (laughs) because they're going to go crazy when I open this package. I know it. Okay, so the tripe is cut. Uh, This one is by Evinger's, and it's a very popular product in our Pet Solution Center. I think this is a honeycomb tripe. Mm-hmm. Is that what that is right there? Yeah, I noticed the little ruffles here. So that's the inside of the of the tr- of the stomach. Oh, okay. And then the outer so it's, it's combined is the it's the outer portion of the stomach. So this is tripe is the stomach mm-hmm. of the cow. Cow stomach. Yeah. Cow stomach. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty. All right. So lots of digestive enzymes. Uh, Even if you process this, it still retains digestive enzymes. It does because wow. of how it's processed. You have to be. This is freeze dry. Freeze yeah, dried. It's freeze dried. So the freeze drying process. The cool thing about freeze drying is freeze dried food will last for years because um, basically it takes the moisture out of the food, and you can always re-moisturize it by adding water. Uh, but freeze drying retains all or most of the the active ingredients in there that all those vitamins and minerals and enzymes that are in there Mm -hmm. uh, retains that. So this is different. We used to get this tripe by them and it was green. And when it was reconstituted, I don't know, the dogs would carry it around the house. You're like, what is that? Mm -hmm. And like, Oh, okay. I guess it's a tripe. But anyway, um, this is a very nice um, little treat. No artificial anything in this one. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of a favorite. We always just stock everything that doesn't have anything artificial in it because those little preservatives, are there any like key preservatives that dogs like will react to, especially in their skin? 
There, there is. Um, there's a particular one called BHP that has been used uh, for a long period of time as a preservative. And uh, what it's designed to do, and you'll see a lot more of these preservatives in grain-based dyes because it takes a lot more preservative uh, to keep fold in, mold and in, in fungus from occurring on grain than it does on meat. Uh, but the, the more, the, the thing about freeze drying is there's no process, there's no, uh, uh, you know, ingredients in there that's, mm -hmm. that are as preservatives, but it lightly cooked, um, the FDA says, well, this has to last, a bag of dog food has to last at least 18 months mm -hmm. in the bag before it spoils. So, you know, if you're going to have a grain-based diet in there, you have to have a lot of preservative. Well, if we think about preservatives, we think about, well, well, what's a preservative do in the gut? It doesn't break down because it's a preservative. So it's going to pass on through, we hope. But if the pet has leaky gut, if there's a lot of lipopolysaccharides or, or lecithins, I should say, uh, in the, the dog food, it's going to punch holes into the intestinal tract and they're going to absorb those preservatives and there's where you get lymphatic inflammation from food allergies. Oh, okay. All right. So this is considered an organ meat. Um, it says it is 40% protein. Protein is obviously essential for tissue repair, cellular communication, fluid balance, just the maintenance of the body. Um, so this is a great source of that, has some nice fats in it, 25%, rich in B3, which is niacin, B12, selenium, and zinc, as well as manganese. So tripe, I think, is great. It also has a chewy texture that dogs love. Mm -hmm. So if you have a finicky eater, this might get them going again. So okay. also Betsy, good for Joanne. Puppies. You know, puppies for growth and development, so you can consider giving them uh, if you, some owners will say, well, does my puppy need a vitamin? Well, not necessarily, but you can give them a little bit of tripe Okay. Uh, for growth and development. All right. Sounds very good. Okay. So um, we're going to talk a little bit about dog popsicles. This is a great season for this sort of thing. We have a few things that um, you could do at home if you wanted to do them uh, as far as popsicles are concerned. Bone broth is really great for your pets. Why is that? Well, bone broth, it, you get a, a, a lot of the uh, ingredients for joints in there, especially glucosamine, chondroitin. Uh, it has a lot of good calcium uh, as well. And it's also a really, really good digest aid. It's a great topper for foods. Um, you take the raw bones and uh, from chicken or beef, uh, pork is fine. Uh, cover them with water in a crock pot and let them simmer for on low for at least 12 hours up to 24 hours then take the bones away discard them because cooked bone is not good for dogs it's splinters and shards yeah make sure you get all of that out of there so you get that out and then you let that cool down and you can freeze that um it's going to turn into kind of a semi jelly looking product so um don't get alarmed if you see that because it's it's taking a lot of that uh the good stuff that was in the bone and right. putting it so in the broth. So that could be a great base for a popsicle. Yeah, mm -hmm. great base for a popsicle. Okay, so just get your little ice cube trays out. You can do that. You can do a little bit of this under the weather product. There's a lot of great um, little things you can do, uh, like add-ins, like cut up a little bit of the tripe, stick that in there as a freeze-dried. Those are so easy to put in there, and they're not messy. So, like, they don't make a mess in the kitchen, you just pop them into the ice cube trays. One of the other things we've been doing lately is this Puppy Scoops ice cream. Um, it's by Puppy Cake and it's super cute. It has um, made with whole milk and just, uh, they have, I think a goat's milk version as well of this. So you just reconstitute that, stick it in your ice cube trays and then you've got a little puppy ice cream for your dogs and cats. Next week, everybody's gonna get a puppy ice cream here Yummy. when they come here to the vet. <laughs> so um, as far as those go, those are pretty like not majorly caloric. No, and it's, you know, treats should be treated just like for us. Um, Use it in moderation, our famous formula that we talk about. You know, you take their body weight or ideal body weight. Uh, you, you divide it by 2.2 to get kilograms. You take it times 30 and add 70. That gives you your total amount of kilocalories. 
Now, if you take that times 10%, that's how many calories you can give in treats. So if we think about, uh, you know, the different treats, they can vary from seven calories to 70 calories. So you just have to be aware of, mm-hmm. okay. Like so, those cut up freeze dried things are right. hardly any calories. So nobody's going to, you're going to be good as far as that goes. Right. Um, I was thinking about tuna juice, but that's probably not good because tuna has mercury. So you'd probably want to limit that. Yeah, limit it to, you know, no more than maybe two times a week, but uh, no more than that. And you okay. should be fine. All right. Um, yogurt is a great mix in for those little um, silicone molds as well. And those are pretty non-messy and non-sticky. So yeah. you don't have a big, huge thing to clean up afterwards with those. So dog popsicles, great for this time of year. Everybody can use a popsicle. I know that. (laughs) Some days that's all it will do to get the heat off of you. Um, So calming supplements. I want to talk a little bit today about um, those bark collars. Sometimes they shock. Sometimes they spray citronella out for dogs that have just like compulsive barking issues or dogs that just maybe are a breed that likes to bark a lot. Our Sheltie is a barker. You can't stop it. And it's just the way it's going to be with her. So, which is fine. She lives in the country so she can bark all she wants to. But if you live in town and you have neighbors and you have, you know, like a house or even an apartment, you can't really have a dog that barks all the time. So looking at that is is an electronic collar, a citronella collar, or even an ultrasonic collar a good idea? You know, it, they're they're a very good tool when they need to when used correctly. When used incorrectly, they can be harmful and maybe even make the behavior worse. So, if you're if you're using these products, only use them when you feel like there's it's the last alternative. But use them sparingly. Have a professional trainer help you with them. All right, because barking is normal. It's a normal response to stimuli. And your dog is going to bark when other dogs bark. And then they might bark when there's an anxiety like separation anxiety or they feel anxious about, you know, someone walking down the hall of your apartment complex or, you know, cars driving up. So there are so many natural reasons for your dog to alert someone that there's something going on. So I just, you know, is, is it humane to go with an electronic collar? It, there again, I think it's, you know, if, if you put it on them all the time, it's probably not a good idea. Uh, but putting them on them as a training device, um, you know, will alert them, especially when they get the sound before the shock or for the release of, of the noxious stimuli. So some of those have a, a kind of a nasty smell they shoot out when the dog barks uh, and also the, uh, uh, you know, a little light shock to the neck. It's not a, like an electrical cord shock or anything like that. It's a nine volt battery. So it gives them a little tingle uh, to remind them, okay, I did something wrong. But um, we have to realize, first of all, excessive barking means that the pet is bored. It needs more stimuli. It needs to do more than you're doing. You may say, well, I'm doing a lot. Well, that means that it's not enough for that particular pet. Mm-hmm. Um, second of all is that um, it, you always want to get the advice of a good trainer to help you uh, and you know, to, to help you through the, the exact steps to get them to reduce their barking. Um, if you do have to use the collar to get them some, cause sometimes they're already in the red zone. They just continue to bark, 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 no matter what. Then sometimes you have to use a collar to get their attention. If, uh, if a noisemaker doesn't work, uh, or a clicker, uh, to help them to stop barking. Uh, but training is really important because they got that way because they were, uh, they were accidentally trained to bark, but then it became something like, you know, acrylic dermatitis, obsessive compulsive mm-hmm. licking, obsessive barking. chasing the tail, excessive barking, excessive, uh, you know, um, destructive behavior, especially chewing and stuff like that. So calming supplements might be something that you could think about doing. Uh, we do have our own calming supplement here from Riverside Animal Clinic and Holistic Center. And the calming supplement ingredients are passion flower, chamomile, tryptophan, that's your turkey, Thanksgiving dinner yeah, type, <laughs> fall asleep situation, uh, the valerian root, and the melatonin. Melatonin. 
I like the melatonin added to this one. It's a little different than some of the other ones that are out there on the market that just do contain the herbs. So a calming supplement is something that you might be able to use. Yeah, especially melatonin is really good, especially towards evening, because what it's really designed to do is put the brain on reset. So the previous day's anxieties are processed and moved away. So when you wake up, you wake up more fresh, ready to start the day, less distracted by the previous day or previous week, previous month, year event. Mm-hmm. So okay. melatonin works really good. Uh, but all these ingredients are designed to help just relax and bring down that threshold of anxiety in combination with really good training, excellence. Uh, sometimes we have to use anxiolytic medications to try to get them there. As I mentioned, um, just like with Apoquil to get that, that it's scratch cycle under control. Sometimes we have to use products like Alprazolam or Trazodone uh, to just take the edge off. And I feel like, with with using a medication like that or, you know, like you said, Xanax or something else is if you go through a period of time where things change and things are easier, the pet is easier to handle for a period of time. In my experience in handling dogs and especially in handling horses, if you go through you know, and you say, have a horse that doesn't like the farrier. So you sedate a little, give them a little something to kind of help them get through this without anybody getting killed. Um, the next time is just easier. Like yeah. it, it sort of kind of helps maybe break the cycle and take them out of that red zone and kind of start working on something else. Yeah. Cause if you, you hit the nail on the head there, just getting them through the process the first time without you know, too much anxiety because often say we're, we're trimming dogs nails and they get fractious Yes. and say they bite the owner on the hand. Well, now you're both afraid. Mm-hmm. So the pet realizes, okay, if I don't like that, all I have to do is bite you and you'll stop doing it. Mm-hmm. So what we really need to do is get, just be able to finish that process all the way through uh, as calmly as possible using the right management tool. Right. Okay. So got to, you know, I mean, it is a possibility that, you know, a little medication might be necessary. That's right. Yeah. But always training. Training is always a fantastic training idea. It's important. Train the body, yeah. train the mind. So you can get a hold of us at holisticvetadvice at gmail.com or Dr. Jim Carlson, Holistic Vet Advice. That's our page on Facebook. And, um, you know, you can, we can have our questions answered at any point in time. So definitely uh, get in touch with us and we'll be happy to do so. And we're glad you joined us today. See you next time on uh, Voice America World Talk Radio. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening this week to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. Please join your host, Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson again next Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now go make some time with your best friend. 